Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. All of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM 80 and the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Small's back with us on Monday. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Happy Leap Day, by the way. February 29th. Leap Day. Leap Day. I, I like it. I what like would it. Your, if your birthday was actually on February 29th, what would you make your birthday every year? February 28th or March 1st? Uh, I'm not sure, but I would actually feel a lot better about my actual age. Like when you actually count up the birthdays that right. you celebrated, you'll be a lot younger. Right. So happy sixth birthday today to Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers. There you Because it go. actually is his birthday. There you go. And he's six. I think you have to go March 1st, right? Because that is technically what February 29th would be. February 28th. Like, I don't know. When do you sell? I have no idea when you're supposed to you're celebrate. You're confusing me right now. So think about this. February 29th happens once every four years. Absolutely, yeah. So if you're actually born on that day, and every year is your birthday, what day do you celebrate when there is no February 29th? Mm, I mean, do you want to do it the last day of the month or the first day of the month? I would lean toward the first day of the month. March 1st. Yeah. Bristol, Nuno, Pat, Jovante, when would you celebrate? February 28th or March 1st? Both days. Ooh, I mean, like... That's a great point. Just celebration. I mean, there's people out here celebrating birthday months or birthday, like, Uh-oh, we quarters. got no, 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 like, no idea. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, you know what? Anyone who was born on the 29th has the right to celebrate the 28th and the 1st. There you go. I said it. Wow. Yeah, birthdays. That, that's both the, days? That's both days. So it's actually a benefit so to be So you make, you make sure you got 29th covered. Both days. Got it. Boom. Okay. Done. All right. Easy you button. Had, I love I, it. Great job, Nuno. <laughs> you Good had, for uh, You had 21 covered last night. Your team, the Los Angeles Lakers, coming back from 21 down 21. in the fourth quarter to beat the L.A. Clippers. 116-112. LeBron had three threes in the final three-plus minutes of the game, and he outscored the Clippers 19-16 alone in the fourth quarter of that game last night. Yeah, I mean, he went nuclear, and you, you kind of got that feeling at the beginning of the fourth when he has three straight threes to open up the quarter. But, I mean, listen, the momentum was all on the Clippers' side. I mean, think about how they ended the third quarter with Norm Powell burying that three-pointer at the buzzer. I mean, down 19 going into the fourth. I didn't think there was any chance that the Lakers had of climbing back in that thing, but LeBron James stuck his toe in the water. He felt like he was feeling it. He got into that zone, and then the rest was history. I mean, this guy is phenomenal, and on any given night, he's capable of dialing it up like that, turning back the clock. It was just a special, special performance to watch. This is why I get annoyed by the next face of the league conversation. We're not close. He's still it. I think, you know what, when I was driving in this morning, listening to SportsCenter all night with the great Jay Reynolds, I was thinking about something. I was thinking about this face of the league conversation we were having last week or the week before, whatever it was, because LeBron was asked about it at the All-Star game, and we all were talking about, okay, once LeBron is done, right? And then I started thinking about the Nuggets winning the championship last year, and remember Michael Malone, who previously had a great relationship with LeBron dating back from their days in Cleveland together, calls out LeBron and the Lakers during the parade. 
When that happens, you are still the king of the league. Like, another team won, and they're calling you out. And then last night, against a team that I've said, now Paul George and Zubak did not play last night, but against a team I've said in the Clippers that I think is going to win the championship if they're healthy this year, you come back from 21 down. He has not slipped. They are so reliant on him. I don't even know how we have the conversation about another face of the league. He's it. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, the Lakers are, what, 12 and 19 on the road? And last night doesn't really count as a road game because they're in Staples Arena. But I I just, I look at it from the standpoint, they needed LeBron James to score 19 points and have a plus 23 in 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. They needed that to to win by two. But he can still No, no, do seriously. It. But to win by two. I mean, Understood. essentially, that was a one-possession game, and the Clippers had a chance to tie it at the end. Now, it was LeBron James' really good defense on Kawhi Leonard, makes him t- take a tough baseline fadeaway, and he ends up missing a shot, and then away we go with the layup to put the exclamation point on it. But they needed that from LeBron James to get that win. And when you start looking at the two seasons for the two L.A. teams, it was clear that the Lakers were the more desperate of the two. So in a gotta-have-it situation, down by 21 points, they found a way through LeBron James to be able to come back and get a win. But is that sustainable? I don't think it is. That's too much to ask LeBron James in his age 39 season. And based on the body of work that we've seen from this Lakers team throughout the course of the year, I I just don't see this having a happy ending once we get to the playoffs. It's amazing. You're a Lakers fan. I feel like feel like I have more belief in the Lakers than you, you do. You you watch you do. them more than I do. You You're do. a fan you, of the you, team. You have more belief in them than I do. So why like last night doesn't get you to come in today any bit jacked up and excited? Like hey, maybe my team still got it a little bit. No, you've completely written them I, off. I, I I have I have written the Lakers off. They are not going on a run to the conference finals. They're not going to get back to where they were last year. It's just not going to happen. Nuno it's just, had it's a, not going to happen. Nuno, our producer, had an interesting question on the Lakers right now because he, he like I, am confused. Uh, we, we all are confused about w- the way in which we should put the faith into the Lakers, right? They win 116-112. LeBron leads them back from 21 down in the fourth quarter. He does dominate late. The Clippers are banged up. Nuno, you're, you're hypothetical about the Lakers versus the Clippers here. Go ahead. So right now, the Lakers are sitting in that nine spot in the play-in tournament where they would face the Warriors, right? So, And the Clippers are in that four spot if that 4-5 matchup will be the Suns. So my question is, would you, if you had a wager on one of these things happening, the Lakers losing in the play-in tournament or the Clippers get into the Western Conference Final, which one are you putting your money on? Lakers! Clippers get into the Western Conference Finals. I will put my money on the Clippers getting to the Western Conference Finals. Which means you do believe the Lakers would win in the play-in. I, I think they would get into a real playoff series. I don't think they're going to get bounced in the play-in tournament. If, if they end up being the nine seed, I think that's where they're at right now in the Western yeah. Conference standings. I don't think they're going to have an early exit and, and not be in a real first-round series. But once they get in, based on the complexion of the Western Conference, I just, I just don't see them... I just don't see them going on a deep run. I mean, our very own Tim Legler says there's too many quote-unquote roadblocks for the Lakers in order to get back to where they were last year. And just looking at the Clippers, what we saw last night, that wasn't the Clippers. Right. I mean, you're talking about a team that shot, what, 27% from three-point land? They gave up 30 points off of turnovers, and they gave up 31 fast-break points to the Lakers? They don't do that. That's not who they are. And Ty Lu took the blame for that type of performance. They left the door open. The Lakers walked through it. Credit to the Lakers for being able to take advantage of it. Credit to LeBron James for a Herculean effort. But I just don't see the Lakers being able to consistently play that way to put that kind of pressure on good teams defensively that can create easy offense for them because they haven't done it all year. 
They haven't been consistent in that regard all year. And that's why I, I, I kind of shrug my shoulders at people that are, are talking about what the Lakers did last season as if that's going to repeat itself. The Lakers were the best defensive team post-All-Star break in the NBA. That's why they had the best record. I just don't see them being able to put out that kind of effort consistently this year. I don't trust them to do that because they haven't done it to this point. So we'll see. Maybe there's a flip to, uh, switch to be flipped, and maybe they start taking the regular season more seriously now that we're post-All-Star break. But just based on what I've seen all year long, I don't think it's going to happen. So this is why that question is really hard from Nuno. I don't see the Warriors being one and done, right? Even if you don't think the Warriors are going to make a run, which I know you don't. No. Like, you're still then in this hypothetical saying, all right, what's more likely? Clippers get to the conference finals or the Lakers get bounced in a one-game play-in. If it's 9-10, it's one game. If it's 7-8, it's two games for the losers in the play-in. But in this exact scenario right now, they would play the Warriors, so I don't see the Lakers losing a one-and-done, but I also don't see the Warriors losing a one-and-done, but somebody would have to. They can't tie. That's the problem here. So I guess I'm saying it's more likely the Clippers get to the conference finals than it is the Lakers are at a one-and-done because I assume one of the Lakers or Warriors gets out of the eight, uh, the 9-10. and 10. That's how I have to go. That maybe the Lakers catch up to Sacramento. Maybe somebody falls off here. But right now, if you look at it, the Lakers are three games back of the Kings for the eighth spot, and the Warriors are, are one game back... Uh, or a half game back, excuse me, of the Lakers in the nine, which means these two are really actually slotted to be nine and ten. And and the Warriors are five games up in the loss column of the Jazz of the 11 seed. So, like, right now we are heading towards Lakers and Warriors nine and ten. Yeah. Which would be an unbelievable thing for the NBA to have them in a one-game playoff. Unfortunately, one game, one of the teams would be eliminated. But I want to just go back to one thing, the whole face of the league argument. I understand that moving forward, it's going to be someone else. Doesn't it feel, that's a leading question, but further away. <laughs> okay, let me re-ask. Does it feel further away after a moment like last night than it did two days ago, three days ago? Meaning LeBron James single-handedly came back from 21 points down in it's the fourth quarter. So I'm now an anti-LeBron guy defending LeBron against a Laker fan, right? I am telling you. You're not defending LeBron because I, I, I can acknowledge LeBron's greatness. I, I know appreciate what I saw last night. But? But I just don't think he's capable of dialing it up as often as he once did when he was in the heart of his prime. Of course. But nobody's close to him still. Like, in that moment, how many guys, Steph Curry, you you could say, all right, 21 down in the That's fourth. That's a fair point. What you're bringing up is a fair point. How and, many guys can you say could do that? In the game situations, offensively or defensively, if I've got to get one stop, if I've got to get one bucket, who do I want to get that for me? It's still LeBron James. I will go. It's still LeBron James. Yes. But I will go a little little differently. And here's the thing. Last night he was matched up against a guy that might be number two in that conversation in Kawhi Leonard. And some nights number one. He's that good. That's what I'm saying. But I almost look at it differently. So, yes, you're right. I'm giving you the scenario. You're 21 down going into the fourth quarter. How many guys in the league do you think could? I understand it's a team sport, but for lack of a better way of saying it. How many guys can get hot like that? And single-handedly do it. Yeah. Steph Curry can do it. Yeah. You believe Jason Tatum can do it? I think the team yeah, Jason, can. Yeah, we have seen Jason Tatum do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I think Jimmy Butler has proven he can do those things, yeah. right? But not not during the regular season. Yeah. More so during the postseason. Giannis, we think, could do Like, LeBron's still on the list of, of the short list of guys. You're down 21 against a team that we both just said could go to the conference finals. He's like, I'm still good. 39 years old? No, no, no biggie. Oh, Kawhi's over there? First ballot Hall of Famer, won titles with two yeah, different Yeah, I'm going to lock him up on this last possession. I mean, He's not going to get a good I'd shot. I'd love <laughs> to spin it negatively. 
I have to spin it positively. His capability at this age is insane. But why are they making him do that in a regular season game at the end of February? Why does it take that? That's the point. Why does it take being down 21 and LeBron James having to channel that level of greatness where he drops 19 points and he has five three-point makes in the fourth quarter? Why does it take that in order to win by two in Staples Arena? Why? I will answer your question with the question. Are we sure that LeBron James can ever really defer to someone else where it could ever really be their team? He, he has never actually, like, it's never worked. Year one of Miami, it was Dwayne Wade's team to, still. Yeah. They didn't win a title. Dwayne Wade, that summer, says, LeBron, it's got to be you. They win two titles in a row. In Cleveland, every year, his team. I see what you're trying to do, and I don't like it because you're boxing me in, but here it goes. Definitive statement. I'm going to say this. Yeah. The Lakers cannot win a title with LeBron James being the best player on the court. And I will tell you that LeBron James cannot be on a team where he's not the best player on the court. That's the problem. That's the problem that the Lakers are in. Like, it was a situation where Anthony Davis was supposed to take over the mantle as the best player. It's not going to happen. And I don't think the Lakers with LeBron James and AD as the top duo are going to win another championship. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Coming up, what does it say about the NFL draft when someone says they like Michael Jordan, Walter Payton, and deep dish pizza? We'll find out next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pete Thamel, ESPN college football writer, mentioning Caleb Williams' first date with the Bears. Will it happen this week? We think so. At the Combine. Michelle Smallman back with us next week. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All right. First date, but will there be a third date? Because I'm assuming the second date is the pro day. First date the, is combine. The, the third date is being drafted, right? Yeah. So, I mean, after the third date, that's, that's when it's Instagram official. That's when it's like, hey, we together. We going steady. Like, will there be a third date? Now, what happens, though, if the third date you get drafted, but it's by another team, and then all of a sudden you get traded, and now you're going to go on a first date somewhere else? Because all the drama is out there about what's going to happen here, and I thought we ended it yesterday. I thought it was over yesterday. I thought everyone was in agreement that Caleb Williams was going to the Bears yesterday off of what Pete Thamel wrote and said on the Noon Sports Center Eastern Time. 
Caleb Williams made two things clear to me. He said, one, he'd be excited if he went to the Bears. Now, I buttressed that by saying he'd be excited if the Bears traded him and he went anywhere else. But he said he was open to Chicago. He was excited for his first date with the Bears, as he'll be one of the teams that he meets with here. He talked about loving Michael Jordan, even deep dish pizza. He studied Walter Payton on YouTube. So there was an openness from Caleb Williams, which leads us to the next thing, which is there had been scuttlebutt in the vacuum of silence from Caleb Williams that he may try to manipulate the draft or try to do what Eli Manning did. Uh, a generation ago to the draft, and he simply said that wasn't true. He has no agenda going forward here with the draft. He, he said it's ultimately up to the Bears whether they want to pick him or not. Okay, I thought at that point it was over. I thought, like, okay, we have confirmation. It's over. Yeah, but hold on. Doesn't it strike you as odd, though, that he left open the possibility that he would be excited if another team traded up to get him? Like, that, that seems like a strange thing to say if you're Caleb Williams. I don't want to read too much into it, but to have that top of mind – feels like you're hoping in the back of your mind that somebody, i.e. Washington, your hometown team, decides to move up from two to one and actually take you and bring you back to the district. I totally get how you and others would think that. I took that as, and who knows, I mean, we're going to only find out by draft day what, what he really means by that. I took or maybe that, not. Well, <laughs> or yeah, maybe or not, maybe not. Or maybe not. <laughs> I, I took that as, I'm not going to be Eli. That's how I took that. I am, okay. I, I am entering the NFL draft. I am an employee, in essence, of 32 teams. Whichever one wants to pay me is where I'm going to work. That's how I took that. But, again, we have no idea. Well, here's the thing. He, he might not be Eli in terms of his methodology. He might not be as open, as brazen as Eli Manning and the Manning family once were in saying that we're not going to San Diego. Just because he's saying all the right things and doing all the right things in front of the cameras doesn't mean that he's not working behind the scenes to try to get Washington or another team that would be a preferred destination to decide that they're going to move up. I mean, if the Washington Commanders come and offer the Chicago Bears this year's second overall pick and then next year's first round pick and then, you know, you know maybe a player or an additional pick on, on top of that, that would be a hard trade package to ignore just to slide down one spot. And if you have the grades for the quarterbacks all right there, that being Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, in Chicago, you got to consider it because you need players, not just one player, in order to get your program in a position where you can have sustained success. Do you believe that Ryan Pohl, general manager of the Chicago Bears, went to the combine hoping someone would blow him away with an offer? Yes. Well, that yes. indicates willingness to trade the pick. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely do. Now, I'm not saying that he's not going to take a quarterback because I do think that all three of those quarterbacks would be ahead of Justin Fields in terms of the upside, but also when you consider the benefits of having a quarterback on a rookie deal. So I, I, I would probably say that those players give the Bears a better chance to win over the next two or three years than Justin Fields does, especially if you got to pay him $45, $50 million a year. So, yeah, if you're Ryan Poles, you want somebody to give you an attractive trade package, but you don't want to have to move down so far where you don't have a chance to get one of those top three quarterbacks. All right, I don't want to make too big of a leap here on Leap Day, by the way. I don't want to make too big of a leap. Why not? That's what we do. Okay, so here we go. That's what we do. Tell me if this is what you're actually thinking here uh. with all of this. Are you of the belief that the second choice for the Chicago Bears is to pick number one overall? In other words, first choice is actually to pick number two with a plethora of picks and let someone else make the pick at one and you take number two. Are you saying that is their first choice in your mind? <sighs> is it my first? It depends on what the grades are. I think these quarterbacks are really close. Like, I get everybody is saying Caleb Williams is head and shoulders above everybody else. 
And I, I would agree that Caleb Williams would be my top quarterback on the board, but I don't think there's a ton of separation. And as a matter of fact, when you hear a lot of the insiders reporting from what they're hearing from teams at the Combine, they're saying that there are some teams that have Jaden Daniels as the top quarterback in this draft, not Caleb Williams. And I wouldn't be surprised is as we move through the pre-draft process if there might be a team or two that has Drake May as the top quarterback in this year's draft. So it just depends on what flavor of ice cream you like. And so if you're the Chicago Bears and all of the grades are right there for you as a team, which I anticipate they would be, if somebody comes and offers me a first-round pick plus and I got to slide back to the second pick or the third pick, yeah, I think I'm actually going to consider doing that because now I get to add another premium player, another premium talent on a rookie contract which is huge in terms of my overall program building. All right. Well, you know me too well to know I can't leave the ice cream thing hanging. What is your favorite ice cream, by the way? Oh, favorite ice cream? I'm a French vanilla guy. French vanilla? French Do you need vanilla. something on it, though? French vanilla? Or to put it on? You could have French vanilla French just plain. Vanilla. Yeah, French vanilla. I like Oreo. I actually like the Cookies Van Leeuwen honeycomb ice cream. Oh, that's too. good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's good. pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Don, so, again, I, I, I just want to put this in perspective. What you are saying is... If we were to play out, and we can open this up to people at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, you're saying best case for the Chicago Bears, best case scenario is them picking number two. Because that means they get blown away for number one, their grades are similar between one, two, and three, and they can get their quarterback they want in two at two with added uh, assets. Yeah, but let me, let me not jump too far out of the window. I, I don't think the Chicago Bears can go wrong in either scenario, staying at one and making the pick or sliding down to two. And getting you know a haul from the Washington Commanders or whoever. Okay, when well, the whole, well, I, I, I don't think the only way that they can they can mess this up is if they decide in the back of their minds that we're going to ride with Justin Fields and and forego the promise of all three of those quarterbacks this year. I, I think I that's just, out the window. I just don't. don't think, I, I just don't think you can justify yeah, that the opportunity like cost. So I then, okay, option A. We're going to put CC's feet to the fire on this. All right, option A is number one overall as is. Yes. Option B, you trade with Washington, you get number two, you get a 25 first, you get a second this year. Ooh. Which and they have two better? twos this year, too, if I'm not mistaken. Chicago? From the Sweat. No, the, the commander. Oh, yeah, they just give it back to Chicago. They just give basically. it back to Chicago. You get your pick back. Yeah. Draft day stuff. Ooh. Option uh, A yeah. or option B. You're going to answer that question coming up. Hold on. You have to answer that question coming up because I am surprised by this. We make it deals. We literally said yesterday, as soon as he said he likes deep deep dish pizza, MJ and Walter Payton, that's it. It's over. And now more info is coming out. You're thinking about this more. You're marinating on it. You're eating the French vanilla ice cream. And you're thinking, you know, maybe option B could be better than option A. Best case scenario for the Chicago Bears is what? 888-SAY-ESPN, your telephone number to join the show. We will get CeCe's answer, but first, he will tell us about all those Bears fans and all the sports fans all over the country, how they're going to get tickets to their favorite games from Vivid Seats. Oh, yes. Secure the seats and the memories this year from Vivid Seats, your home for every dunk, every slap shot, and every stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase from buzzer beaters to walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We think Caleb Williams is going number one, right? We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Small's back with us on Monday. CC Evan Cohen with you. All right, I'm going to put your feet to the fire on What's this. What's up? One. So here are your two options. Mm. Because you have looked at these quarterbacks. You're going to continue to look at them. You're going to be a part of the draft coverage on ESPN Radio. Can't wait for that, by the way. That's going to be fun. Chris Carlin. We got Coach Ian Fitzsimmons. It's going to be a ball, man. It's going to be great. So here are your options. Option A for the Chicago Bears, just draft number one overall. Take Caleb Williams. Stop messing around. And this is assuming they trade Justin Fields, which I think we're all assuming. Yeah. Option B, you trade with Washington. You get number two overall. You get their first-round pick next year, and you get your pick back this year, the second-rounder that you traded for Montez Sweat, number 40 overall. So now you have two, nine. You get your pick back. In the second round, 40. So you have three of the top 40 picks in this draft. Yeah. You get, let's say, an additional second rounder maybe for Justin Fields. Are you ready to say that? I th- 43 overall, you want to say? Atlanta gives you for Justin Fields? That seem fair? Yeah. Okay. So then now we have four of the top 43 picks, and you enter into next year's draft with two first rounders. <laughs> oh, Option my A, straight up, as is, take Caleb, number one. Option B, Two forty next year's first. I mean, you're talking about rebuilding the core of your team in a hurry. I mean, that is unbelievable. That's a lot of draft capital. Listen, I would go with option B. Give me all of those picks, and I still get a top-tier quarterback talent, whether it's Jaden Daniels or Drake May. I mean, that, that would be unbelievable. But if you're GM Ryan Poles and you take this route, it's going to be hard to divide the slings and arrows that people are going to throw at you, especially if Caleb Williams pans out for whoever moves up to take him. Like, that will be the hard part to overcome. Like, all of a sudden now, all of your fan bases are comparing what they're seeing from your quarterback and your team to whatever Caleb Williams is doing. And I guess you're probably going to get a lot of that anyway, but when you have the number one overall pick and you show that conviction in taking your guy, then all of a sudden, I think the fans can can – can digest that, can process that, even if you don't have instant microwavable success, as opposed to going the other route and the in the other guy and in the other team uh, coming out on top and performing well straight out of the gate. So I think that's the tough part for Ryan Poles. I would go with option B in all of those picks. Would you say four of the top fifty? 
for the top forty-three, if you assume Atlanta gives oh you. Oh my god! I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 that, that would be incredible. Like being and able two to first have rounders that, next year, and then the two first rounders next year. That would be the way I would go. But I, I just don't know if you can justify that if you're Ryan Poles. You also would be trading the number one pick in the draft two years in a row, which is probably unheard of in all sports. That's I what can't I'm imagine any sport has ever had that happen. That's you trade what I'm number one overall twice in a row. No now, doubt obviously, about it. this year is not theirs, it's Carolina's, but you still would have done that. Uh, best case scenario for the Bears. CC just gave you that maybe the option B is actually better than option A if presented all of those. Tommy in Illinois listening on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tommy? Top of the morning gentlemen and it pains me to say that because i missed the intelligent lovely miss michelle this morning but we'll get her back monday yep and i'm it's a pleasure to talk to you guys i'm sitting in lake forest illinois less than a mile from the house hall where the great mccaskey family has taken this team to oblivion since 1985 (laughs) and they have a really big decision to make and evan you keep saying we all believe we all believe you're in the minority dude mr canty's got it right here the Bears have seven or eight holes on the starting offense and defense. They got more holes than stinky Swiss cheese. They, what, what, what is this guy going to do to change the team that Justin Fields didn't at least attempt to try? Let's rebuild this franchise. There's not a big spread in the quarterbacks. And I'm telling you right now, you're in the minority in Chicagoland. Everybody I, wants Well, let me clarify something. Down. Let me clarify something. Because when I said we all believe, what I'm talking about is the three of us yesterday, when the Pete Thamel story came out, we thought it was initially Caleb Williams saying, I'm good. I'm good with Chicago, yeah. right? That's what, that's what I'm saying. I have said... I have said from the beginning, what I think they should do is trade Fields and the number one pick. I've said that from the beginning. We just didn't have the tangible evidence around it yet. Yeah. Which we still kind of don't, to be honest. No, we don't. And it's early in the process. But here's what I'll say. I mean, we're, 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 we're speculating right now. And it's fun to talk about having all of these draft picks. But if you think this guy is Mahomesian. Then you got to take him. You have to take him. Like, how many draft picks is Patrick Mahomes worth? I mean, four or five first-rounders, that still probably isn't enough because of how good he is. So, I mean, that's the part where if you're Ryan Poles, you've got to stay true to your evaluation and your process in terms of being able to dissect these quarterbacks. And if you have conviction on one guy over all of the other ones, if there is a clear-cut number one in your mind, then that's the direction that you got to go. I know everybody is presenting it as Caleb Williams being the clear-cut number one. And I do think he is the top quarterback in this class, but I don't think that's a huge gap between where he is and where Jaden Daniels and Drake May is. Okay, so let's do it based on that, and we're going to get more calls in a second. So if, if Caleb's comp is Mahomes, okay, what is the comp for Daniels? Lamar Jackson. Okay, and what is the comp for May? Justin Herbert. Okay, so would you rather Mahomes or Lamar Jackson in two firsts? Would you rather Mahomes or Herbert in two firsts? <laughs> See, now we're talking – now that, that complicates things because we're talking about top five talents at the quarterback position. Right, which is not fair to, to project them to actually it, it's, be that. It's, it's not, but, I mean, you're not taking that guy with the first, second, or third overall pick unless you think he can evolve and grow into being that player. I, I would tell you Whew. this. If those are the comps, that, that, that and is, I, I think that Lamar Jackson is going to the Hall of Fame. He won two MVPs. He's got two MVPs. He's he, awesome. is go, he is going to the Hall of and Fame. And I yeah. think Herbert is going to be a top five quarterback in the league now that Harbaugh is there. I think he's going to be awesome. So I think both those guys are freaking awesome. There's no chance in hell I'd trade Patrick Mahomes for literally anything. If I'm the Kansas City Chiefs and you offered me 100 first-rounders, I'd say no. Because I can't gu- gu- guarantee 
I could have 100 cracks at it. I still may never get that guy again. So if Caleb Williams is that, there is no offer that I can accept. Problem is he's never played an NFL game, so how would we know that? You don't. And that's what you're trying to mitigate, the risk that's associated with foregoing all of that draft capital that teams would be offering you in order to trade up. But then you're also trying to manage the expectations of the fan base, and you're also trying to make sure that you're getting a true difference maker at the most important position in all of team sports. I know that everybody is talking about the Chicago Bears and how everybody in the fan base is excited. I do not envy Ryan Poles. Really? I don't. I don't. Because think about it. He's the general manager that passed on C.J. Stroud once upon a time. And now you've got to make this decision between these three quarterbacks while also having a quarterback in Justin Fields that was a top 15 pick back in 2021. And you've got to manage whether or not you're going to trade this guy and what you're going to get for that. Like, there's a lot of moving parts here for Ryan Poles to manage. And he absolutely has to get this right. Otherwise... Him and Matt Eberflus is going to be looking for a job this time next year. Do you think Ryan Poles secretly wishes Washington had the first pick and he had the second pick? Yeah. Let them make the decision? Yeah. It's actually easier. It's easier because now all of a sudden I didn't have – there's a choice that I didn't have off the board. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I only have to make the choice between two quarterbacks, not three quarterbacks. Bill in Chicago listening on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Bill? Hey, guys. I I disagree. I – you know, I agree that uh, B that uh, the Bears should end up trading the pick, but I disagree that the Bears would be better off uh, having the second pick and uh, letting Washington or anybody make that choice for them. No, no, no. I, we I didn't. We didn't say. We didn't say. No, said. that's not what we said. That's not what we said. We didn't say that they would be better off. I'm just saying, if you're Ryan Poles, it makes it a little bit easier for you. It's less pressure. It's less scrutiny. I don't think that's debatable. I, I, I think, in my opinion. They're going to go with Daniels. I think Caleb Williams is the talent, but uh, I think he's shown that he's a little soft between the ears. Um, and you know, Daniels has got the numbers in, under blitz, under pressure, under uh, in the red zone. Uh, I think that's who the Bears want. They're going to make the trade, get the uh, uh, second pick uh, in the uh, this year and next year's first and uh, a second rounder this year. And, they're going to fill up the – they have six to seven needs that they really do need through free agency in the draft, and this is going to end up setting them up for years to come. I mean, it may. I don't know about the – thanks for the phone call. I don't know about the Caleb Williams soft between the ears. I don't know. Everybody says that because he cried at the end of Washington game because he lost in a shootout to Michael Penix Jr. I mean, And I look, a team that was in the college football national championship. I, I just – I don't understand that part of it. The fact that he was emotional and it was one of his last home games – and it was a top-ranked opponent, I could understand that. To me, I actually like it that it means something to the I kid. I was going to say the same thing. I like it that it means like something it to the kid. He's passionate about it. Like, he's soft because he cried. Like, get out of here with that nonsense, You, you know man. when Chris, get out of this, Chris get out of Bosch, here with that nonsense, Chris man. Bosch won me over when he was in his, I mean, he's a wonderful guy, in hysterics after losing to the Mavs. You should have been, right? That's an inexcusable finals loss. Guess what? Caleb Williams should be. Emotional the, after the losing that game. The guy has had 37 starts in college, and he's performed not just at USC the last two years, but also at Oklahoma, where he supplanted Spencer Rattler, who's everybody's going crazy from after the Senior Bowl and based on what they're expecting to see from him at the scouting combine this weekend. Spencer Rattler was once upon a time projected to be the number one overall pick in whatever draft class he came out in, and that guy couldn't sniff the field because of Caleb Williams. That's how good Caleb Williams is. I, I get really bothered by the crying thing. Give me a break. I, 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 I can I cry right now. 
I mean, I am soft. We're on Sportsman. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. From number five to number one. The best of the best of the best, sir. These are the Chris Canty Power Rankings. All right, CC, it is Combine Week. There have been some memorable moments all time in the Combine. Oh, yeah. Top five all time memorable moments in the Combine? I think we got a little something. I mean, we like lists around these parts. We do. The Combine is something that gets everybody excited, the Underwear Olympics. So let's bust through them. The top five most memorable moments at the Combine. All right. Number five. We got to go with Tom Brady, right? Pick number 199 in the 99 NFL draft. I mean, his combine photo is the stuff of legends. He was wearing that loose workout shorts and the baggy shirt when he ran his 40 time. And, man, that was god-awful. Brady ran a 5-2-8 40-yard dash, which was the second slowest at that position that year. Only Chris Redman was slower. And let's also put into context, Brady had 24-and-a-half-inch vertical leap and a broad jump of eight, in, 8 feet and a quarter inch. And since 2006 at the Combine, only 65 players have had a combination of a slower 40-time, shorter vertical, and a shorter broad jump than Tom Brady. Of those 65 players, 56 were offensive linemen and nine were defensive linemen. So basically you're telling us the greatest player of all time had the worst combine of all time. Yes. yes. Got it. He squeezed every ounce of avocado out of his athletic ability (laughs) to become the GOAT. There's no question about it. But, yeah, that was amazing that Tom Brady, like in the way back time machine, seeing Tom Brady's combine photo, watching him run the 40-yard dash, you're scratching your head wondering, how did this guy go to 10 Super Bowls and win seven of them to become the GOAT? Unreal. Unreal. Next. 
Number four. Oh, who can forget defensive tackle Don Terry Poe out of Memphis? He lit up the combine in 2012 at 6'4, 346 pounds. He ran a 4.98 40-yard dash and bench press 225. Boom, boom, boom. 44 times. 44 times. I mean, listen, that that kind of performance, this dude, this dude looked like an 18-wheeler running on a football field. It was unbelievable watching him do that. And that convinced the Kansas City Chiefs to draft him 11th overall. Now, Don Terry Poe had a decent career, stayed around the NFL for nine years, a decent career. But, I mean, based on the combine that he had, you would have thought this guy was the second coming of Deacon Jones. That's how good he was. I mean, his combine was absolutely unbelievable. Hard to forget a big man moving that fast. All right, I got to ask a dumb question. Why does it matter how fast a nose tackle is? Sideline to sideline, man. Athleticism. Just take on blockers. Af- athleticism. Don Terry. Well, Poe you want him. To, you want him to take on blockers, but you also want athleticism. And big man can get loose. Think about Vince Wilfork returning screen pass after yeah, an interception for a touchdown. Vince Wilfork wearing the saying. overalls with big, no big, shirt underneath. Big man moving fast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah that's, 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 oh, that's something to that. Thick sixes. All I like right, it. so we are going through the top five most memorable moments at the scouting combine. Checking in at number three. Number three. That would be wide receiver Calvin Johnson. Running a 4-3, 40-yard dash in someone else's cleats. Now, when Calvin Johnson showed up to the combine in 2007, there was a question of whether or not he was actually going to run at the combine. People didn't actually know whether or not he was going to get busy, but he decided that he was going to run. The competitive juices took, took over. He borrowed a pair of track shoes from East Carolina's James Pinckney, and he stepped on the line to solidify his status as the top Wide receiver in the draft. I mean, again, ripping off a 4-3-5 40-yard dash at 238 pounds. Just unbelievable. I got to understand the someone else's shoes thing on this. So he just decides, you know what, I will run. And he didn't bring any sneakers or anything? Well, think about it. Like, you, you usually break in your cleats. You usually break in your track shoes. Like, this is somebody else's shoes that they broke in for them. And he's putting their shoes on and running a four three forty at two hundred thirty eight pounds. Who, what's the name of the guy whose shoes he borrowed? James Pinkney. I don't know that guy. I, know, I don't know who he is either, but I feel like he should cut James Pinkney a check. Or the other way. Do you think that that guy has taken those shoes and sold them? Ooh. We need to. We need right, to we do a deep dive. You know, Pat Javante Aha. Rob. We need to find out where those <laughs> shoes are. Somebody has the Calvin Johnson borrowed shoes, and they paid a lot of money for it. All right. So, recapping yep. the top five most memorable moments at the combine. Number two. Number two. Chris Jones's wardrobe malfunction while running his 40-yard <laughs> dash <laughs> in 2016. Now, some have called it the 40-yard flash. First, some have called it the first of many sacks. Or some have called it Jones leaving it all on the field. Either way, Chris Jones running his 40-yard jazz in 2016 actually had his junk come out. Yep. And he had to readjust himself because he was embarrassed. All right, a couple of things on this. I don't know how that's not number one, so now I'm really excited for what tops that, okay? Mm-hmm. So... Chris Jones went on the Kelsey Brothers uh, podcast, the New Heights podcast, and discussed this. And he said, there's a reason we can't play all of it, by the way, and I'm going to recap it as cleanly. We certainly can't show it. No. (laughs) No. Although Major League Baseball has tried to, I think, with some of the uniforms. So basically he said, everybody wears the long tights now, right? And he's like, you know, I didn't want to wear the long tights. Let me wear the compression shorts. 
and he's running and he, it comes out. Yeah. And then he said he realized after the fact, he like looked down, he's like, oh, that's not supposed to be there. No, no. His whole thing came out. I'm, so, I'm sure a lot of scouts were so confused. <laughs> Why does this guy have three legs? What, what is going on here? <laughs> Call him tripod. <laughs> what is that? Said, what, what that is, is exactly what Jason <laughs> Kelsey what is, said what is, to him. What is happening right now? Oh, man. Top five most memorable moments at the combine. We went through two through five, but there can only be one. Number one. Number one. That would be Deion Sanders at the oh, 1989 Combine. Ran a 4-2-7 40-yard dash. Gil Brandt was the one that officially had the time at 4-2-7. He said Sanders ran that 40-yard dash and then ran straight into the locker room. I mean, there's also the reports or the rumors or the urban legend that he headed straight through the tunnel for a limousine that was waiting to take him to the airport because he had done all he needed to do <laughs> after he ran a 4-2-7 40-yard dash. There were also urban legends reports that Deion Sanders would ask teams where they were drafting at. And if they were drafting too low, refusing to meet with them at the NFL Combine. That's how much confidence this guy had in his own ability. And he became arguably the greatest corner to ever play the sport. Absolutely. I mean, Deion Sanders. And wide receiver. Could you have the the, the image in your head, the visual of Deion Sanders running a 4-2-7 in the RCA Dome in Indy, running into the tunnel after the 40-yard dash, diving in a limousine to take him to the airport to go back to Florida. I could absolutely see it. Absolutely see it. So there are the top five most memorable moments at the combine. Deion Sanders, 40-yard dash, straight into his limousine into the airport after he ran 427. Chris Jones with the wardrobe malfunction <laughs> and his junk falling out while he's running his 40-yard dash. Wide receiver Calvin Johnson running a 4-3 in somebody else's cleats. Don Terry Poe at 346 running a 4-9-8-40. And then, of course, Tom Brady, pick number 199 in the 99 NFL draft. His combine photo, the thing of legends. That is a heck of a list. That is for sure. It's pretty good. It's pretty I, good. I'm, I'm just saying what you did with Chris Jones has to be number one. I'm just saying. Or maybe number three for the amount of legs. Probably number three. There, <laughs> number you, go. Three. there you go. I number see what three. you did there. I see what you did I there. I don't know how the Jets add to the drama, but they did <laughs> yesterday. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.